This is a Kelly's Angels production. Hi everyone, I'm Mark Mulholland and welcome to The Upbeat, a podcast about perseverance and hope from Kelly's Angels. This is a show for anyone who knows what it's like to face loss and adversity. It's all about getting through grief and rediscovering joy in life. Thank you for listening. Kelly's Angels is proud to collaborate with our media partner, 32 Mile Productions, to bring you the Upbeat Podcast. This episode of the Upbeat is sponsored by the Bobear Family Fund, the Rachel Ray Foundation, and Be In Communications. Today on the Upbeat, we're going to talk about the power of storytelling and routine to comfort us and help heal. One of the most common routines for parents is reading a bedtime story for children. Now there was a boy named Oliver who had a special puppy named Samuel. He had a black face with brown eyes and big fluffy ears. He would jump in leaves and chase sticks and play, play, play. Samuel and Oliver loved each other, but one night something happened. Hi, I'm Mark Mulholland, and you're listening to The Upbeat, a podcast about perseverance and hope from Kelly's Angels. And we're joined by a friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, John Gray, who is a veteran journalist, veteran reporter, and broadcaster at WTEN here in town. Used to work at WNYT, Mm -hmm. I should say, in town. We're in the capital region of New York because podcasts have wide national, multinational they reach, do. John. Thanks for taking some time for us. And of course. I, I, I told you a little bit in advance about how we hope to pursue, how we are pursuing this podcast, and it's about perseverance and hope. And you have been a, a storyteller for a long time in the capital region of New York, uh, probably the best storyteller in the capital region of New York. And your talents cover both television news and print journalism and books. You've, you're a prolific writer. You're a oh, prolific you. author. And your first book, God Needed a Puppy. Tell me about it. What, what was the inspiration? Well, it's a book I never wanted to write or ever thought I would write. You know, I, I'd written for newspaper columns for, before that book came along, almost 20 years. And I've been in TV 25 years. And it was one of those, everybody, I think, in TV or who writes for a newspaper thinks, someday I'll write a book. You know, I don't know what it'll be. Maybe the great American novel when I, when I have time when I retire. Uh, it was about four years ago, my wife and I got a, a little German Shepherd puppy, named him Samuel, and just the greatest dog in the world. And I'd had Shepherds my whole life, so I knew everything about raising them, taking care of them, everything. Well, six months old, he did his usual routine. He went out, he played, had his breakfast, came in, laid down his crate, and he didn't, he didn't wake up. And it was just a complete gut punch to me and my wife and, and, the, and the family. My kids are a bit older, but it still it hurt everybody. And uh, it was one of those, you know, you, you rush him to the vet, and it was too late, and there was nothing. There was nothing they saw. There was nothing wrong. They said, you know, probably undetected heart issue that he had when he was born, and they get to a certain age, and then you know the heart fails, and there's, you know, no no way of seeing it coming, short of somebody doing exploratory surgery or something. So, you know, you can you could talk all day about how it was nobody's fault, but you're still dealing with the grief of having this little puppy uh, die. The unfairness of it really uh you know after you, you you deal with burying them and, and all that and then a few days went by and i was just i i couldn't shake the feeling of this this just is not fair it just inspired me to write a, a story i think it was to help me at first be sort of therapeutic and then uh it sort of turned into a children's story and then i decided once it, once i had it i had to do something with it is there a message what's 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 the message yeah the mess the message in god needed a puppy to kids there's a couple of things i wanted kids to understand if they lose a pet uh your pet was special nobody else had a pet like yours uh 
if your pet had to leave you, there's a reason why, and you may not understand it at this moment. Uh, there may be a situation where God needed a puppy or a cat up in, uh, up in heaven to, to be with somebody or be with a child there. Uh, and I, the third message is I say, um, I believe in my heart you're going to see that pet again someday. This is not goodbye forever. I know it's hard right now, and it might be 50 years from now because you're a little kid, 100 years from now, who knows. You're going to see that pet again, so don't think it's goodbye forever. And the fourth thing I say is keep your eyes open because there's often a plan to the universe, and when it is the right time, when you're a little bit less sad, keep your eyes open because you might be in a place you never think, and you might have that cat or dog come into your life. Do you still think about Samuel? We do. Uh, it's, it's, it's strange. Um, you go in spurts with grief, and I know it's a dog, not a person, but you, you, you sort of, you're okay with it for, for long periods of time, and then the littlest thing will trigger it. You haven't had a bad moment or thought about something you lost, and then boom, you wake up, you're having your morning coffee, and there's a Facebook memory of, of your grandmother or, or, or somebody you lost who you love or even a pet you lost, and a great moment that you remember like it was yesterday, and it's very bittersweet. You said it was just a dog, and I think yeah. a lot of listeners might say, no, it's not just a dog, right? I mean, because we do take them so, they're, they're, they're in our hearts. Yeah. You've, you've suffered other losses. You've suffered loss of family as well. Sure, How's yeah. How does that compare, John? Does it... Uh, it's different and it's the same. There's things that are different about it and there's things that are the same about it. I was real close to my dad and he died of a heart that. attack uh, right before Christmas yeah. Eve. Uh, we had to bury him on Christmas Eve of all days to bury a, a, a parent. But, and I, I tell people who lose someone, it's the weird stuff that sneaks up on you. I said it could be a favorite movie you enjoyed watching with them. Yeah. And two years later, that movie's on cable and you're like, and all of a sudden you're upset and people, well, what's, what's the matter with you? You say, well, you don't get it. You know, you don't understand. It could be a song on the radio. It could be a store you used to shop at. It could be something goofy like a lunch you always had in the spring at a particular place. Yeah. And you pass that place and realize they're not there. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's always there. It's always in the background. It's never really gone. They say it comes in waves, and I think that's the, the perfect analogy because, as you said, you can be doing nothing or, or something that sure. reminds you of them, and then um, there it is. Oh, there it is. Oh, I haven't felt that in a while, but, but there it is. Yep. Have you heard from readers have you heard from from people who've read the book that it's helped them i've had parents tell me uh and this you know blows my mind they'll say I, I had a kid who we we tried everything and nothing got to the kid and the book the book worked you know that to me is that's pretty gratifying isn't yeah. it i mean i mean you get choked up thinking about i do it. i do i wrote it in the perspective of a child losing a pet and and i and the message in there like i said earlier was you'll see them again i had a number of adults say to me you know I read your book to my grandson, but then I was thinking about my husband who I lost, and I thought, and I remembered he had this dog that he just adored, and that dog been gone 25 years, but he loved that dog, and I and I, and I started thinking, you know what, they're together again right now, and it, and and it suddenly they felt a little better about that too. So that was kind of a surprise. The number of adults who reached out to me with messages like that. Support for the upbeat comes from 32 Mile Productions a full-service video production agency that specializes in uncovering stories to create meaningful content that is compelling and memorable. Learn more at 32mile.com. The Bobert Family Fund, which supports charitable organizations that efficiently use the resources they have to make a disproportional impact on the world around them. The Rachel Ray Foundation, which works with causes near and dear to Rachel's heart. Learn more at rachelrayfoundation.org. Be in Communications, which provides strategic counsel in public relations, crisis communications, community relations, public affairs, and corporate communications to clients across several industry sectors, both in the U.S. and abroad. 
Learn more at beincommunications.com. Before we get back to our discussion with John, I want to play a clip from a recent interview with Dr. Jerry Florio. Dr. Jerry Florio, the clinical health psychologist at the C.R. Wood Cancer Center, and we've, we're, we're focusing on ways people can persevere after suffering a loss. Um, how important is it to maintain a routine for the children and perhaps a surviving spouse or surviving partner? How, how important is routine? I think it's critically important. I think that, you know, when life does not feel normal, when life, you know, when it feels like the ground's been taken out from under you, to be able to connect to some life-as-usual activities, life-as-usual routines can be tremendously helpful, especially with kids um, to have some sense of routine at night as well. Kids are very active, and they are very immediate. They're very, you know, and they are fully absorbed into what they are doing. And it is at the end of the day when they start to prepare for bed that they they tend to think about the things that are going yes. on and if there is an illness if there's been a loss that's the time when people uh, when kids especially will you know can can uh, start to think about that so maintaining a bedtime routine you know and a big part of many bedtime routines is you know is to read stories together that can really you know that can help kids there's few things as as healing as cuddling up with a child and reading a book and yeah. so i think it could be a tremendously helpful thing just then all the birds in the forest like angels above began to sing and somewhere in heaven a puppy named samuel wagged his tail knowing his friend Oliver, just like you, is going to be okay. We're back with my friend and fellow reporter John Gray and author of the book, God Needed a Puppy. What is it about loss? It can be a loss of a, of a pet, of, of Samuel, a loss of, of your dad. What is it that, that you think connects people? What is it... We can all, as, as you were getting choked up about yeah. that, as you were talking about your dad, I'm immediately thinking about the loss of my parents or the loss of, yeah. uh, loss of my wife. Do you think it's, is there that bond that we all have as it relates to loss? It's funny. I always think of this line. Uh, I was a Rick Springfield fan a million years ago, <laughs> and he, and people know his song, Jesse's Girl. Yeah, he, yeah. he wrote a song called My Father's Chair After He Lost His Father, and it's, it's a beautiful song. If somebody out there listening, look up My Father's Chair by Rick Springfield. It's the most powerful thing I've, one of the things I've ever heard in a song. Uh, but there's a line in there because it's about losing his dad and seeing the empty chair. But he says, and every child will share the long night. And by that, he means that night that you lose somebody where there is no sleep. There's, there's not enough wine or hugs or anything. It's just, it's, it's just that tough night. And we all have to share that and go through that sometimes. We do. I remember the night Kelly passed. Uh, Connor was seven, McKenna was five, and our neighbors set up Luminaria throughout the entire neighborhood. Uh, 2,000 luminaria. We didn't know what was going on. We were invited outside, and we walked around our entire neighborhood, um, which was beautiful and wonderful and horrible at the same time. But there sure. were a couple hundred people in our neighborhood just walking through. And then we got back to the house. It was Connor McKenna and I, just the three of us. And talk about the long night. Yeah. That first night, you think, okay, I get the kids to bed. You know, we've done our crying. Yeah. Then what do you do? It's right. this whole new normal of, wow, this is a quiet night, too. This house is very quiet. So there is that whole 
that whole connection I think that we all have where, where we've all experienced something like that. What do you do when you're feeling down? We talked about the waves of grief and you're remembering your dad or remembering Samuel. How do you, how do you get yourself up? How do, you, how do you stay positive? I don't know why it works, but if you can just say, okay, it's okay I feel this way, but I'm going to go over here now and do something good for somebody else. And it could be anything. It could be donating, going through the cabinet and saying, what, what have they not eaten in these canned goods? And taking them off the shelf and donating them or going through your closet and donating the extra clothes to good, Goodwill. Uh, the act of helping others, I don't know why. It eases it for you a little bit. And it's taking it in a positive way. And, I, and it just seems to work for me. That's what works for me. What, what doesn't work is just putting on the saddest song on the radio yeah. and lighting a candle and opening three <laughs> bottles of wine and all that. You know, that, that's not going to help. But it does work for some, I yes. guess. You know, yeah, if you want to stay right. in the grief or stay right. in the right, and, there, and there's times where you do that. But I say try try to get out and get involved with helping other people. It will take your mind off your own problems. It really does work. This podcast is also about perseverance. Yeah. You, you personally have you had to persevere? What what comes to mind when I ask you about how you've had to persevere through the years? What's worked for me is I was going through a tough time in my life with a divorce, and and I was very angry at the time, and I remember just. A bell went off in my brain, and I just said to myself in my head, okay, fair enough. You have a right to feel the way you feel. Just let me know how long we're going to do this. Like, is it a year? Is it six months? Is it five years? Because, you know, you started here, you were born here, and I don't know when you're going to die, but there's a definite point where it's going to be over. You just burned three months or a year and I've given this advice to people, especially going through divorce or through change in life. I'm like, you can, you can accept, I don't want to say wallow in the grief. That's not a fair word. But, you know, everybody has to spend time with grief. But at some point, when, when are you going to look and say, you know, I think I've given enough time to that. And I yeah. need to move on for my sake. Right. Uh, and just at that point, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt anymore. But at least you're trying to go in a, in a different direction where you're being a healthier person emotionally. John, thanks very much. Is there anything you want to add about this? Would, Where can people find this? Well, and the books, you can find it anywhere on Amazon. I've got three children's books, God Needed a Puppy, Keller's Heart, and there's a new one, Sweet Polly Petals. And then I have a novel called Manchester Christmas. If you go to johngraywriter.com, you'll find my page and everything's on there. If you put in uh, God Puppy John Gray, you'll find me. God Puppy John Gray. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, John. I appreciate you being here on The Upbeat. You're welcome. I hope you'll tune in to our next episode about laughter being the best medicine. Do you have a joke to share before we go? Oh, a joke. I got a bad joke. A skeleton walks into a bar. A skeleton. He says to the bartender, give me three pitchers of beer and a mop. He's a skeleton, so he goes right through him. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that awful? <laughs> if you could use a good laugh, join us next time. We'll be joined by comedian Steve Van Zandt. You won't want to miss this episode. Thanks for listening to The Upbeat. If you like our show, please leave us a review where you listen to podcasts. If you have topic ideas, email us at theupbeatpod at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Mark Mulholland. Take care and keep looking up. Special thanks to our media partner, 32 Mile Productions, for their help in recording our episodes. Emily Yan, a graphic designer and art director who invested her time and talent to create our podcast logo. Videographer, editor, and Kelly's Angels board member, Lou Graff. Coordinating producer and Kelly's Angels board member, Jenny Sperano. And all the volunteer Kelly's Angels board members who had a hand in making this podcast possible. Thanks for listening to The Upbeat. Upbeat.